What makes some nations fail and some succeed? It's an interesting question, right? Um, and so this is kind of a introduction slash book review slash <clears throat> my, own thought, my own thoughts about this kind of thing. I have a book that I'm currently reading. It's it's kind of not over yet, um, but I'm reading it and I'm, I'm going to, I might not make this, uh, you know, an episode that I do right away kind of thing, but <clears throat> why do nations fail? What causes nation, what causes a nation to fail? Um, and so, according to the authors of the book, there are several basic things that cause a nation to fail. And there are very interesting things uh, involved in this. So, the first element is it's private property rights. The ability to have and own your own private property um, without the uh, danger of it being taken over by a king or a lord or a government uh, <clears throat> or whatever um, without some kind of due comp compensation well I, I just added the last part but that's you know kind of what we do and uh, it's called infinite domain kind of thing but you know, like we have private property rights and the country um but because of that we have a bit of a stability because there are things that are um that creates a bit of a stability for a person because now you can live your life you can own your own property you can live in that property um and you are able to Basically, have a stable living, it's a lifestyle kind of thing, or at least moderately stable. Uh, the other element is pluralism. Uh, you know, like back in the day, there used to be feudalism. It was just like you—you you are subject to your lord, and that's it. There's no wiggle room. There's no sharing of that power um, until like certain certain kind of laws and rules are passed so that the, the king cannot uh, be coerced by or the king cannot do certain things to the lords and the barons even though there's no real power for the people below those uh, you know, the, the, below the nobility, you have uh, laws protecting those nobility. Uh, and then that kind of eventually over time, because 
that keeps happening slowly. It's a gradual process as well. It creates the possibility for more and more and more uh, of a diffusion of power until you get the ability and right to vote, uh, the ability to uh, be entered into power and stuff like this. Um, I think there's a bit of an autonomy as well because it's talking about two different two, two different Supreme Courts in two different countries. United States Supreme Court and Arge Argentina Supreme Court, where, um, you know, d during terms of FDR, he was making all these laws and whatnot, and they were being challenged by the Supreme Court, things like this, because they were deemed unconstitutional, and he was trying to uh, patronize them basically and like oh you're getting too old we need term limits for you and so the term and so the uh, supreme court was challenging him and, and he tried to pass laws uh, on the supreme court about the supreme court to with congress and stuff and that was it was a lot of dividing divide division there because with power isn't just with one person it's with many people um, and not just the president kind of thing. It's something that I think we kind of like forget within politics lately. It's like, uh, I'm a, if I'm president, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. It's like, I mean, you can try that, but like, you're not going to, if you, if, if you have opposition in Congress, and if even if it's a very strong opposition, there's a possibility that you're not going to be able to do this. Same thing with Congress, with people in Congress. And it's a good thing we have that diffuse uh, power sharing thing to a certain extent because it keeps us from having dictators and things like this. Uh, right? Uh, same thing with economy diffuse uh, a level playing field within the economy helps to make a good economy. Uh, there's a deep level of pluralism within the economy where you know you can't just, let, just have a monopoly on something without it being questioned by the laws and powers and stuff. Um... One thing I found found kind of interesting was I was talking about this idea of free markets and how when we had free markets or re relatively free markets, they were uh, there was a lot of companies and people who own those companies who took over a lot of uh, the sector of the economic sector and you know they, we call them like Robert Barons and stuff like that he was talking about this as well it's interesting the authors were um, 
And so you, you listen to it and you're like going, huh, this is interesting stuff because you don't really like, it's kind of like you get a bit of a understanding of an, an overview of what's happening with these kind of nations. Uh, <clears throat> I was talking about Somalia as well, where the problem is too much diffusion of power and they don't really agree on anything kind of thing. Um, it's, it's extremely tribal and stuff like this. And so like too much diffusion of powers is also a problem. So there needs to be a bit of a centralization as well when it comes to this. As long as that centralization is also supported by a diffuse, a diffusion of that power, a, a diffusion of power, a pluralism, like Congress, Supreme Court, other judges, um, you know, things like this. And I like thinking of, uh, this in the sense of like we're support in a sense because like you have if you have a person if you have one person running a business and that person you know dies or whatever that business is gone basically right but if you have maybe one person kind of helping with the business and running the business a little bit but it's uh supported by many employees who work with it and, and help to kind of do the things for the business and stuff like this. And then you have you have the board of trustees and stuff like this. If the original owner decides to retire or to you know leave the business or if the original owner dies or whatever, it's not going to be the end of the world when it comes to the business necessarily. Um, so that diffuse sharing of power is what helps to create the good economies, as long as it's um, shared. As long as there's a you know a centralized element of it as well. Um, I kind of like thinking of it in terms of like a a statue, right? Like you have, let's say you have one statue. It's really big. It's very uh, broad or whatever, but it's only supported by us uh, one leg, and, it, and that leg is not very big, and whatnot. It's going to be very unstable. It can take it. It can topple over very quickly. Um, but you have a, but then you can have the same statue with two legs, or maybe more legs, even four, right? Like it could even have its own stand or whatever, and so it, you, it, it's now much more stable. There's less of a chance of it being knocked over, this kind of thing. Um, but you know, going back to the Supreme Court example, right? In the United States, the assertions of FDR were challenged not only by the Supreme Court but also partially by the Congress. There was a lot of division there. Because of the sharing of power. But in Argentina, you know, one of the things he was talking about was, or they were talking about, it was two people, I think. But what they were talking about was 
how in Argentina, whoever gets into power changes the Supreme Court judges, and so they don't have autonomy. They don't have their own independence in that sense of the word. Uh, to make their own decisions, they're basically dependent on the person in power, almost. And if they say anything that he doesn't necessarily like or agree with, uh, he can probably he will he he has the ability to fire them and to deal with it in that kind of way. We don't have that power. We don't have that uh, right as in the United States, right? You can't just fire a Supreme Court judge, and you can't just fire a certain person and expect to hire uh, the person that you like, right? It, it goes through different channels and, uh, Congress channels and, you know, there's committees and stuff in the, in, in the Senate, stuff like this, right? He's talking as well about how in, I forget what the area was, I forget what the country was, but in this one country, because of the person in power, or because of the fact that he's in power, he has this this person. Uh, I forget what I'm trying to remember the name of the country. It might be Mexico, but I don't remember for sure. But basically, he's in power. He has his own business in that power, and he makes it a monopoly within uh, his own power structure, so that it can't be challenged by other businesses and whatnot. Um, and because of that, he has total control over that market, whatever it is, right? Um, <clears throat> because of that, he has, he has, he does well in that country, right? But then he tried to get started in the United States or whatever. Carlos something, I forget what the name is. If I remember, I'll insert it in here. But, uh. He goes into the United States to try and start a business there, to try to do business. And because, and he failed almost right away because he didn't have that automatic control that he has in, in the country. I don't know if it was Mexico or Argentina or something. I can't remember. But, and, and the reason why he failed is because of that, of that diffused nature of power in, in the United States. Right, whereas it's not. Now he has competition, and he doesn't just have automatic control over the economy or what or the uh, power structure of the nation, because it's shared by hundreds of people, basically thousands of people in some ways, uh, because of bureaucracy and stuff like this. Uh, and there's another book that I might cover as well. It goes into something similar. It's called The End of Power. It talks about how power is uh, actually like this idea like that the, the powerful are becoming more powerful and stuff like this is actually not true because of this very same nature that we're talking about. It's diffusing power. It's, it's actually making things harder for the people who are in power to be powerful uh, and 
it was also talking about like how conflicts, how wars, uh, those who were strong typically won most of the time back in the day. But for a while, it's been in the, the, the possibility for the, those who are not strong, those who are a weaker uh, power with less military or whatever, or less of a budget, are winning more and more often because of the possibility of gaining new weapons and innovation and stuff like this, perhaps, and stuff like this. And so you listen to that and you wonder, like, hmm, this is interesting. It definitely goes counter to the common narrative that the problem is the powerful and the problem is there's too much power and this kind of stuff. Um... I'm not sure there's definitely countries in their areas where that's true. But, I, I mean, we look at, like, Russia versus Ukraine as well, to a certain extent, um, with this as well. Because, like, Ukraine, even before we were giving them money, we're, we're actually almost holding their own in some ways. I mean, there's definitely areas where Russia was winning. But then Ukraine would take over those areas again. It would just kind of, like, happen, go back and forth. And then we... I think they were, it was talking, uh, this was before Ukraine, so, but it was talking about, uh, terrorism, and it was talking about how, like, because of this fact, the U.S. wasn't able to deal with this problem of terrorism in the same way that it would have been able to, like, 50 or 100 years ago because of the ending of, uh, global, of, of, uh, power in this way it's, it's it's decreasing so much in that way um because it does need a centralized power in some ways and so it's interesting right and you know, this is this is why i look at this kind of stuff because and i might do a deep episode on this i thought about doing an episode on this uh going into why i think that 99 percent of the popular opinions are just wrong I've said this constantly. Um, and so you in the audience are like, what are you talking about? Why do you say that? You know, I didn't think I want to do an episode on this. But uh, so the basically the uh, private property, diffuse nature, the fusion of power, the power sharing nature of certain countries. You know, because like... Uh, you know, there's the competing interest of different people and stuff like this that is going on as well. Like, it's like you have one group that wants and or needs something, the merchants or whatever, and then you have the other group who are controlled by the merchants. But if there's absolute control over this, this other group, they can't really say anything. But if they have uh, a possibility to... Uh, control the levers of power as well it they can now you know have a say in this kind of process right so it's like an inclusivity aspect to this where it's not you know it's, it's much harder to actually get something passed by yourself um <clears throat> And this kind of thing. Um, 
and you know you you read and i want i want i might do a, uh more of these reviews because I, I have a lot of books that i do read i might do a book review on another book that i'm reading called overblown talking about terrorism and this how we over exaggerated terrorism and stuff like this and uh the same author of the book overblown does has another book that i might review as well um but you know this is where we are we have to like learn how to go contrary to popular opinion in a lot of ways because it's it's usually not correct um and so, like, when looking at how a nation fails or succeeds, it's usually based on, like, I mean, we can look at, like, China as an example to a certain extent as well, because, like, what he was talking about as well was uh, the Soviet Union. And the reason why the Soviet Union was doing so well for a time was because they were taking a lot of the uh, labor force away from farming and away from all that stuff into areas like, um, into like um, industrial areas. And so like working as in factories and stuff like this, which is why the economy did so well for a while. And the Soviet Union, even though there's a very centralized power structure, there's no diffuse sharing of power in that kind of way. But over time, eventually, it ran into a brick wall because of the nature, because of the changing nature of the different economies and stuff like this. <clears throat> and there's a lot of detail in this book. It's It goes into an example. I think it was, I can't remember the country, but it was talking about how Sometimes what happens as well is with revolutions is that if the, the the people who are in the revolution are very narrowly interested or there's a very narrow interest uh, group basically within this group or within this uh, basic uh, structure that's now set up, you know, there's you know, there, there's no necessarily reason to, for them to give up that power to a more diffuse uh, type of, you know, group of people, right? And so you look and you, so it's going into a lot of this stuff. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of detail in this book. It's not like you're just getting... The basic overview that I'm giving you here, I can give you a lot of detail that's, that's in this book. It's going over a lot of examples and a lot of countries and, and, and areas and stuff like this. So it's talking as well about Africa, about like in the 1800s and 1870s to like 1911 or so. They had a little bit of this where they were able to build businesses and they were able to do all these things. And their economy was improving for a while. But what happened ended up happening was the British basically stomped on this and, and took over this area, which caused all these problems that we're now seeing in Africa where there's a lot of poverty and there, there was a lot of this and uh, whatnot. And so the people who, uh, until the British left and apartheid happened because of, you know, if you're 
basically there's the extractive nature as well where you're you're extracting all these all these things from the people who are working for yourself as a, as a richer person or whatever as the person in power as the group in power or whatever uh and so you're not so like the extractive nature i think there's basically there was basically three or four basic things that are required for a nation to uh, work and you know versus the nations that don't work right private property the future the, the future nature of power in this in these natures in these nations the sharing of power extractive um you know the nations that were not doing very well were extractive which means means basically they were extracting all of the resources from the poor from the uh, people from the workers for themselves you know like the soviet union in some ways were trying to do this to a certain extent as well but other nations especially and so you would have an extremely unequal uh, display of riches for those in power versus those who are not in power, who had none of this, right? So versus like, you know, at least in the United States, we might have some of that, but we have the government... It might extract some of these, some of this, but it gives it back and, and things with things like roads and public education and uh, things like this. And so it's it's not absolute extraction, right? Um, and I'm trying to think of the other ones here. Those are basically it. And the plural, and so yeah, like there's, and the centralization as well, to a certain extent, it still needs to be centralized because of Somalia, the example of Somalia that I was giving. Um, because it it was diffuse, but it was too diffuse, right? I think I think of the Confederacy, the uh, and the beginning of the United States was the Confederacy, right? And the problem that was talked about was uh, well it, it wasn't talked about in this book but <clears throat> one of the things that was i read was like they were dealing with a lot of problems as well because the power is too diffused or whatever i don't know how true that is i don't know how much i buy into that necessarily but it might be true so that's another example of being too diffuse in power kind of thing um so yeah it's a very interesting book goes into a lot of detail and it it's it talks a lot it gives a lot of detail there's a lot of detail in this book and you know it's it's not one of those things where you like have this idea where it's just going to be like an overview there's tons of things that it talks about there there's tons of examples you know, it's, just, it's not even necessarily even like one example or ten examples. There's hundreds of them. It gets into hundreds of failed nations and versus those nations that succeeded. Um, we're talking about in the olden days, uh, 
of Venice, the reason why that was working out so well for them for a while is because of, of some of this nature as well. And then that kind of got suppressed in the you know, 1300s or whatever. And so you listen to that kind of stuff and you go like, wow, this is interesting. You know, this is uh, definitely something that you don't necessarily, necessarily think about, but it's definitely necessary. It's definitely a absolutely necessary to have some of this so anyways i'll talk to the next episode or i might wait and just kind of do this one later we'll see so i think what i'm going to do here is i'm going to end this episode of the um because I, I'm, there's a lot more that i can go into there's so much detail in this book literally i got this thing going at like 450 words per second or minute or whatever it's minute i guess and it's still saying to me it's, it's seven hours i was mostly done with it I'm like one hour left um and there's so much detail it goes into like the tribes of somalia about the problems of like the problem isn't uh, you know, because the power, the problem there is that is the power is too dif diffuse. There's no centralized government, this kind of thing. There's no law or police. Um, and it's talking about, you know, like, why is England so special when it comes to this? And it comes down to this inclusivity of when it comes to e economics and things like this. And, of course, use, there's the United States. So there's these different areas where you just look at it you look at it and you listen to it and you go like, wow, this is very interesting. Um, <clears throat> uh, and all this. So if you're really interested, I would recommend you write, you find this book somewhere. Um, if not, it doesn't really make a difference, but it, it does contain so much more detail than I'm giving here. I'm just giving you the, the most broadest of overviews and I'm sure I missed something somewhere. So anyways, hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to the next one. So, why why am I doing this? Why am I doing these reviews? Um, and I think the answer is there's a couple reasons why. I number one is because I think if to understand where somebody's coming from, you understand where they're reading, what they're reading, what they're looking at. Number two is I'm trying to give you different perspectives, different understandings here. <clears throat> Um, because I, I do a lot of reading of books and I do a lot of reading of what's happening here in the world. I try not to read the news necessarily because I don't really know how much you can trust what the news is saying and stuff like this. Um, and so, yeah, like I'm giving you this because it's important to become aware of these different understandings and, and, uh, whatnot. Because it, another thing it's talking about in this book is the the different under the different um, understandings people have about why certain nations fail versus why others don't. They, they go into different examples and why those exam why those uh, different examples are wrong. You know, they say some examples are like of ignorance, and some are saying it's because of the races, and some are saying it's because of the geography. And they're saying, like, no, it's it's not because of those reasons. It's because of these other reasons that I've been explaining to you in this episode. And so you have to, like, <clears throat> like listen to that kind of stuff. It's very important, I think, 
for us to learn diverse understandings and opinions and truths and and whatnot in order to become more educated, more knowledgeable, and eventually reach a tier two understanding of things. So that's why I'm going to be doing more of these. Um, I don't know when the next one's going to be coming out. I'm not going to initially do these every day or anything, but just something that I'm going to be trying to do more of um, and whatnot. So anyways, hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to the next one.